When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today, we have a special to share with you that was sent over to us from our good friends and recent guest chefs, Matt and Sadie of the So Horrified Podcast. They shared with us their Boogeyman special. This is the special they cooked up with the help of Lindsay and Ashley. Take a bite out of this delicious and hilarious content. Enjoy! This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Water-based boogeymen, lightning-based boogeymen, and a tornado of crows. We're talking about Boogeyman, and it was horrifying. The show where we talk about scary movies that are horrifying for all the wrong reasons. We're your hosts, Sadie. And Matt. And this week we're talking about Boogeyman. Yes. Boogeyman. And we are joined by two very special guests. We have Ashley and Lindsay from the upcoming soon-to-be-released podcast, Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Welcome, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, thank you for having us. We're so glad to have you. Would you like to tell us a little about Pineapple Pizza? Like, for one, I'm very curious about the name of, like, how you came up with that name as an idea. Do you explain <laughs> it, Ashley? Um, no, because that was your brainchild, my darling. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I think... <sighs> I can't even remember where it really came up from, but I, the, our quote-unquote tag is we're sweet and cheesy, and not everyone understands our awesomeness. I love it! Okay. Makes perfect sense. That's cool! Okay, I like that. <laughs> sweet and cheesy and not every. Okay, that's cute. I love it. All right, and so what is your podcast all about? are going to be all about well uh all right uh so it's us and our friend emily who you might know from drink drunk dead if you listen to that podcast basically each one of us picked a different type of story and then each each month we pick a region and then we all find a story from that part of the world so Emily's doing cryptid stories. I'm doing 
mythological stories and then Lindsay's doing urban legends awesome that sounds really cool that's like a nice little mixture i love all three of those things right so i'm gonna be really into this (laughs) like i'm excited i'm excited about it oh do y'all have a a release date or is that tba or um i believe we're going to release in the beginning of January, we haven't really discussed what day of the week we're planning to release on yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, January 2021, we're going to be throwing a slice at your face. And you need to get it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That needs to be like a line y'all say if it's not already in like episodes. <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> All right. And our regular listeners and avid fans might remember Ashley from having been on our galaxy of terror episode, which was just a fascinating. For some reason she's forgiven us. For that. I know we somehow were able to get her to come back after that. <laughs> oh, that movie was a real treat. <laughs> That is one word for it. It yes. will not be forgotten. <laughs> and it will no, not allow you to forget it. It won't. It won't. <laughs> and so this time we're talking about a much more recent movie. I mean, you know, it's still like, what, 15 years old, but more recent than Galaxy of Terror. Um, Boogeyman, do you want to give us a synopsis of that? So Boogeyman, per Wikipedia, is a take on the classic Boogeyman or Monster in the Closet, who is the main antagonist of the film, and the plot concerns a young man, Tim Jensen, who must confront the childhood terror that has affected his entire life. Okay, okay. I got I that. that's what it's about. I kind of got that. There's still a whole lot I didn't get. Yeah, well, there, there, are, there are many questions left unanswered. I think all my questions were left unanswered, to be honest. Which unfortunately means we're going to have to watch Boogeyman 2 and Boogeyman 3. Oh, I already looked up the synopsis of both of those to see if they answered my questions. Boogeyman 3, it looks like it might. Boogeyman 2 is apparently just a slasher movie and actually has nothing to do with the paranormal or like supernatural and isn't anything like Boogeyman 1. I... I, I stayed up late last night after watching the movie because I was like, I have to know some of these things. Not because you couldn't sleep for fear of nightmares? No, but because I couldn't sleep for fear of so many unanswered questions after having spent an hour and a half of my life watching the thing that was supposed to answer said questions. So, what did you guys think? (laughs) Well, now I just want to know what Boogeyman 2 is called. Is it Boogeyman 2 uh, Electric electric Boogie Blue? Boogie boogie Blue or something like that? (laughs) It's actually, the titles I think are just very straightforward and boring. It's Boogeyman 2 and Boogeyman 3. I think it's Two Boogie, Two Man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Step outside the closet. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I was trying to think of like where to even start because I'm just so. Well, so the movie itself starts with uh, a scene of a little boy in his bed watching his father get attacked by a boogeyman, apparently. Yeah. Or or really just by, you know, forces in the closet because you don't see what's actually attacking him. And the kid has zero reaction to it. 
Yeah, he just like lays there staring. He's and his like father... he's watching Fraggle Rock or something. Like he has no discernible emotions about his father being ripped apart in front of his he eyes. Would, he would have had a much stronger reaction to Fraggle Rock. Let's be real, okay? Fraggle Rock was entertaining AF. Like they danced their cares away. Like but like, and his dad was, yeah, he was like being flung around the closet door and they were spinning the camera at the same time. Like, I really feel like they just wanted me to throw up in this movie because they kept trying to make me so dizzy. Did you guys, Um, I don't know if you saw, like, it was, or at least the story was by and it was mostly written by or it's accredited to three different people, but Eric Kripke. I don't know if you've ever watched like Supernatural. Yeah. He's like, and he's also a writer for The Boys, which I didn't realize. But I thought that was interesting because I was like, oh, well, it's got like, I was like, the guy wrote for Supernatural and that show's been on for like ever. Yeah. And I mean, I've watched it's pretty entertaining. And so I don't know. I had higher hopes for it, but it did not live up to them and it has bones yeah <laughs> and that was a huge disappointment right she's better than this yeah. <laughs> for real though i don't get why her character existed that's literally what i said at the end of the movie i was like why was emily de chanel even there at all no. i was like what was the point of her <laughs> like my biggest thing was so lucy lawless was his mom Right. And she was in the movie for like five seconds. And I was like, why would you do Lucy Lawless like that? Yeah. Right. And if you haven't watched at home, uh, that is not an exaggeration. She is in this movie like maximum 15 seconds. It's like right. a flashback and they show the mom and the dad talking and Lucy Lawless is the mom. And then she's gone forever. She got yeah. like third billing in this movie. A huge waste of Lucy Lawless there. Yeah. She's like right up top when the names are listed it was total bait and switch but then seventh heaven guy he's everywhere he's in every frame he's, exactly i was like we're never not looking at seventh heaven guy whose real name i can't ever remember but he's seventh heaven guy it's barry, barry watson, watson and i only know that because every time i look at him i'm like oh you must have the most boring name ever and then i look at it and i'm like yeah barry watson <laughs> <laughs> Now that you say that, he looks like a berry. He does. <laughs> Look at him. I could see it. Yeah, you know, that's the thought process. I was like, berry? That's like an old... Fa oh, no, I could see him being a Barry Watson. Okay, yeah. yeah. Very vanilla. His berry. parents named him like, he's going to be a good claims adjuster one day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All sorority boys coming at all. <laughs> like, I don't know if you saw that movie, but... No. Where uh, he and a couple other guys are frat boys who get like kicked out of their frat and they disguise themselves as women to go live in a sorority house while they're trying to get back into their fraternity. Oh, so, I've heard of this. It's yes, problematic. Yes. Yeah. Problematic <laughs> at best. Um, has not aged very well. Uh, no. But not where where people, I think, assumed his career would go after Seventh Heaven. Now, to be fair, I say Seventh Heaven a lot, and I've never seen the show. 
but I just remember seeing his face on the like commercials for the previews or whatever that would come on the TV all the time. So he's just seventh heaven okay. guy to me. My main knowledge of the show is that the dad from the show is apparently is a, a bad super guy. Creeper. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's trash, human trash. Right. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that too. I was like, oh no. So yeah, huge contrast. Like on TV, I'm like everyone's dad, and I'm a preacher. But in real life, garbage. I mean, Bill Cosby. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> I he guess was everyone's dad, and then he wasn't anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Secretly, <laughs> everyone's creepy uncle. <laughs> <laughs> that we Far don't invite to parties anymore. Yes. <laughs> yes. The vast majority of the characters in this movie that weren't Seventh Heaven Guy, I was like, why were they even in this movie? Like, the girlfriend who gets taken away, like, even that is like... Yeah, I... Which boils down to, like, probably my biggest problem with the movie is I don't care about this guy. Right. I don't care about his relationships with any of these people because you don't know anything about him other than his dad got taken away when he was a little kid. Right. Like, I fucked him up. I don't care about the story. His dad got taken away, but they told everybody his dad just ran off. Which I was like, wow, that's shitty. <laughs> like, that, that was confusing from the to me. Yes. I was like, like, why would that be the story? The dad goes up to check on the kid, and then wife and kid never see the dad again. And I guess Lucy Lawless was just like, well, we were in a fight. So I guess he ran off to abandon us forever. Like, but what does she think he like Ted Bundy'd off the balcony upstairs? Right, like, exactly. how he get out? <laughs> he just happened to leave everything. Never touched any bank accounts. You know, like yeah, he just DB Coopered himself off the face <laughs> exactly, of the earth. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like that was very strange to me. And then, so like, there's when we first really see him as a grown up. They're at this work party. Like, I guess he works for a newspaper or something. I, I don't really I don't, know. I don't remember what he does. They don't really I go back tell to if it, it was like a magazine or yes, I, I, wasn't, I couldn't figure out what it was. And they're having some party to congratulate this girl that his girlfriend is like glaring at. And like when she walked away, like giving her mean looks. So I was like, mm, there's going to be a love triangle there. Nah. Nope. Never saw nope. that woman again either. <laughs> like, nope. Just one of the other people to come into this where you're like, oh, they're going to play like an important part in this, I'm sure, because why else would we have met them and learned anything about them yeah. <laughs> when we know so little about the characters who are actually supposed to matter? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, his only personality trait through the whole movie is like haunted. I guess that like, is a, an excellent way to describe it. I couldn't describe him in any other way. Like, no. he's not funny or like charming nope. or anything. He's just, he saw some shit when he was a kid and now he's kind of weird. He has the same like, like vacant stare the entire movie. He looks he really like does. extremely paranoid. Like he, right. Or maybe like he's got really bad PTSD because he just kind of like, well, yeah, vacantly stare at stuff and then not react how you would expect him to react to certain things. Yeah. Right. Well, one of the first like notes that I wrote down just probably you know, 15, 20 minutes into the movie was how much of this movie is just going to be him breathing heavy and staring into closets. Spoiler alert. 
a whole hell of a lot. About 40 minutes. (laughs) At least. Yeah. (laughs) Like way longer than Lucy Lawless was on screen. Yeah. (laughs) Way longer. That's how we should start measuring units of time in Lucy Lawless's. (laughs) Like they should, the second build, like cast member should have been his like breathing coach or something because it's just so much of him just heavy breathing like it's bananas and it just i get the concept i feel could have been interesting but it's like they did everything in their power to not make it interesting yeah because like we don't learn anything about really any of the characters I still don't understand what the hell the boogeyman was. So is he just like did did Seventh Heaven guy invent the boogeyman for the whole world? Yeah. Is that what that was or did know. he invent his own personal one? Like does everyone have their own boogeyman they invent? I don't know and it didn't tell me. I have probably 38 questions about the boogeyman that I left I with after this movie. I already started doing research, BT dubs, into the boogeyman. And so far, pretty much everything I'm finding has nothing to do. I don't think they did any kind of. I think they were just like, boogeyman, that's a creepy name. Well, like, let's his, do that. His, his powers, I guess, as they were, are pretty ill defined. Like, yeah. the first time you see him, he's killing the dad. And then the next time is after uh, Seventh Heaven cut Tim, that was his name in the movie, comes into the house and he gets in the closet and then he just gets attacked with like scarves and coat hangers and shit. And I'm like, is that what the boogeyman does? Like he just controls closet items? Well, and as soon as Tim opened the door to the closet, the attack stopped. But for the dad, the closet door was fully open, but he was still being attacked the whole time. None of it may like sometimes the closets will jump through space and time. Okay, seriously, what was that? Because I wrote like 52 right? questions what? about how they keep moving through space. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, they, they tried to get kind of inception y with it at the end, yes. and it did not work. It didn't, it just left me so confused. And it wasn't just closets. It was going underneath beds. That's like, right. Because they went under the, the bed, underneath too. beds are also, like, time-space portals. And- right. And, like, sometimes it worked. Like, he went to jump in. But then he went to jump in one closet, and it didn't work. But then, yeah, like, he goes from the hotel and, like, somehow travels back in time to where he's the one that leaves the bloody handprint on the bathtub. Seriously. And I was like, oh, okay. Is this going to somehow tie into, like explaining his dad leaving or somehow it's going to be some weird time loop thing maybe they destroy the boogeyman and he goes back to where he's a kid and he like his dad's okay or like no i I was thinking maybe it's gonna be a haunting at hill house type bent neck lady where like he was the boogeyman i had that same thought at one point i was like maybe it's the bent neck lady thing (laughs) and he's the boogeyman yes I had that. And that would have been thought. way cooler. That would have been such a cool twist. Oh, there were so many better ways to have done all of this. Like, Absolutely. They introduced the, the little kid, Franny. Right. Um, and you think, like, okay, well, maybe she's going to have some answers because she seems to know what's going on. <laughs> he a even bit. seems to think she does. He's like, 
So how do we stop this guy? She's like, I don't know. Like, You're the adult man. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I don't know how he works. I don't know how we stop him. I, I, and then you find out she's dead too. Yes. Can we talk about how like not freaked out he was that she was just hiding in his garage? Like I had the exact same thought. I'm like, I'm sorry. There is an unsupervised child hiding. <laughs> Like in a giant pile of dust. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I I don't like how comfortable he is talking to this little girl that he doesn't know that he finds yeah stowed away. And, yeah, and he's like, just like, oh, let's have this really uncomfortable conversation about my dad being sucked away by the boogeyman, and then she's and then he's just like, do you need a ride? And it's like, why would you right. give this random girl that you just met that I'm was just hiding in your garage roll up to your a ride house home. too, like. Yeah, when and like, when, you live in the middle of nowhere. Right. If there are any screenwriters listening out there, if you're trying to make a likable movie protagonist, lures children to his car is not something right. you want to have. That's a big red flag there, people. Like, just... Right. Just <laughs> and then, like, sneaks to some park be- on the hopes of seeing her. And, like, yeah. Their, their relationship made me uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. The fact that he was like, oh, I've been looking for you. It's like, okay, pedal man. Yeah. Like, why don't you take <laughs> Why are you looking back, so buddy? hard for her? I've never said this before, but thank God that little girl was dead. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that made it less uncomfortable. <laughs> it got a whole lot less creepy once you realized she was the creepier one. Just that ghost. just She's it's a fine. ghost. Like, oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. Well, and when he's like... Do you need to go home? And she's like, well, nobody's there. I was like, why would you tell him that? Right? Why like, would you tell him that nobody's home? Little girl, run away. Like, Well, and so he finds her backpack full of posters of missing kids. Which, by the way, I giggled when they like zoom in on it. And I'm guessing it was supposed to seem ominous that it said do not open on the backpack. And I'm like, I mean, I knew like at least 10 kids who had that written on their backpack in middle school of like, don't get in my stuff. I thought that was comical. (laughs) Or every 12 year old girl on her diary. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But apparently this one meant it because as soon as he looked at all of these things, like a hundred little ghost kids attack him. Right. Like, is that because of the boogeyman too? Like, I don't know where they came from, and then they that's never come what back. I'm thinking is like it seems like they're supposed to be tying that into that's where all these, ch- which again was like and where why I- doesn't Franny look like that? Right. That started feeding into my mind of like maybe he's really the boogeyman because if all these kids started going missing after he saw this thing. Or, like, he somehow created and brought the boogeyman into, you know, like, I don't know. I was like, they're all reaching for, I I think we have the real secret twist. And what it is, is when the movie cut off at the end, just randomly after Emily Deschanel is like, is that it? Is it done? And he's like, yes. Somehow, knowingly, and staring out the window, what really was meant was, and now I'm going to kill you too, bitch. And he like turns around and gets her. Well, and the throws thing is, her in the closet. Yeah. There's a post credit scene, though. Oh. What? What? 
I think I'm the only one that watched it. <laughs> you absolutely are. You maybe for Earth. sure, probably. <laughs> I was writing this disgustingly long list of questions while the credits were going because I was like, I don't know this or this or this, right? and then all of a sudden. I realize someone's talking again. So I look up at the end of the movie. There's a scene where like the camera's in a closet that's open like this far. Huh. And we're watching a little girl like through a closet. And then she sits up and turns the light on and like calls her mom. And then that's it. That's Creepy. the end of the movie. So we're the boogeyman. <laughs> now, yeah. now we're the boogeyman. So yes, we were the boogeyman all along. <laughs> I don't know. I really think there's something to this whole Tim being the boogeyman, though. <laughs> like, That's a better story. I agree. It makes as much sense as, the, as they attempted to make the boogeyman make in this movie. Right. Of like, like, there's one scene where... His girlfriend, Jessica, is at the hotel, like, getting ready for her bath, and fucking Bones is at the house. <laughs> That's why this your notes say Jessica around. Bones. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I try to write the character names so I can remember them later. <laughs> yeah, so Bones is back at the house, and Jessica's at the hotel, and then there's these, like, POV shots, I guess, from the boogeyman's point of view, like, st- but it's happening at the same time. Right. So I'm like, is the boogeyman in both places? Who's, what is happening? Is he everywhere at once? Also, is the boogeyman a creeper? Because he was like spying through the closet on Jessica getting undressed and stuff. So I was like, okay, so boogeyman's a little pervy too. Like, yeah. he was just admiring time. her interior decorating style because he really <laughs> likes using lacy brassieres as light fixtures. <laughs> I don't know. I think he was trying to set up some sort of interdimensional Porky's scenario where he can like <laughs> creep on everybody from the closet and travel through the closets to creep on everybody. That's what it is. He's just setting up a network, an yeah. intricate network of closet traveling creepers. <laughs> I was thoroughly outraged by the the walk into a closet in one place and walk out of a closet in a different place. Yes. Like, none of that was explained how it worked, where it came from. Right. Is he the only person that can do this, or can right. he, like, grab people and pull them through the closets with him? Did he do that at some point? I don't remember. Well, and, like, where <laughs> do they go? think so. He pulled, like, because dad disappears into the closet. Yeah. And, like, the uncle disappears into the closet. But, like, so where do they go? Is there some, like, alternate... You, because it's not like Tim travels through this thing where you're like, oh, this is the boogeyman's world. My he just only guess pops in and out is that there are thousands, if not millions of boogeymen. And there's like a Monsters, Inc. scenario where they like yeah. travel and they have to do this for some reason, but that they're all assigned to certain closets. But see, at least in the Monsters, Inc. scenario, you understand how the closets work. And it's right. only closets. It's not like, oh, but here it's a bed. Yeah. Right. This one can pop out of a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and one apparently somehow drags someone out of a bathtub. Yeah. This one just turns into raw sewage and takes your girlfriend through the drain. Yeah, he was right. brown water at one point, And then like 10 minutes later, he's just like a demon in a trench coat. Right. Like, I don't know what the I boogeyman was supposed to be. Sometimes understand. he's a smoke monster. Right. I don't understand. Was this one creature we were looking at? Was this multiple creatures? Did he invent all the creatures with his mind? I don't 
No, because they didn't answer. Eric Kripke, I demand answer answers, not answers. Yeah. Why, <laughs> answers why did he have too. lightning powers at some point? Right. Why, like, why was he a crow tornado? I want right. someone to tell me. Yeah. No, but I will tell you my very first thought was like that to me was the most believable part because birds are evil and I would believe it. If I saw a boogeyman, I'd be like, yeah, you're probably just a tornado of crows. I like you're just a bunch of birds in a coat. <laughs> right? You're just a bunch of birds in a trench coat. I know your game. Like <laughs> well and like speaking of the birds like how fast was that crow going to like break through the windshield on his car yeah but again going like mach 20 like how fast was that bird going yeah i would again i believe it because birds are evil my dad told me a story about when he was younger he had a motorcycle and he was riding and a bird flew into his chest one day like beak first and it like he had to pull over and stop. It knocked the wind out of him and left a big like mark on his shit. But like, it didn't like blast through his body like a fucking <laughs> torpedo. Like it's it's still a small bird with hollow bones. Like, yeah. Oh, that was like the scariest part of the whole movie was the crow in the windshield that and made me jump. Almost hitting a truck. That's the only time I freaked out. <laughs> Don't do this birds <laughs> so it's like my first thought was wow that crow is like either freakishly strong right or like really fast and my second thought was what kind of cheap ass glass does this guy right. have on his vehicle he should be going to his insurance agent and being like i almost died because of a bird right i had that thought he didn't stop and make any phone calls he did like he just drives to the house and then just seems to forget he has a giant yeah. hole in his windshield just like drove around with a busted ass windshield the rest of the movie by the way how have i not brought this up yet i don't know but the whole premise to begin with the fact that he is terrified of the boogeyman to the point that he's like taking all the cabinet doors off of his you know out of his own personal apartment and freaks out when he sees a closet and like scared of this house and even though doctors and psychiatrists apparently for 15 years have been telling him the boogeyman doesn't exist he still has this nagging belief and is terrified of this house yet he still somehow also has the belief that if he goes and stays there overnight he'll what yeah like he'll overcome it in like one night (laughs) right like i was like first of all if the psychiatrist had a patient for 15 years who was still insisting on this same delusion being true i don't feel they would be like yeah i think it's time for you to go spend the night in that house where your mother just died by the way i know you're emotionally vulnerable right now and without any professional help we're just gonna send you over that would be good for you well and apparently like his mom stopped taking care of the house about 20 years before she died because that house was in disrepair it definitely had not just been sitting for 15 years like it was uh a shambles but yeah they could have just taken two minutes and put in a scene of him talking to a psychiatrist that like believes him a little bit and is like, you need to go here and confront this fear or whatever to see that it's not real. But they don't even put that in there. Like, he just decides to do it for no reason. Like, why now? Yeah. Like. I don't know. I was just very confused about that. <laughs> Although, I will say, to jump back to close to the ending, maybe my biggest unanswered question is, why did the boogeyman shrink wrap Uncle Mike? 
Right? Right. Like, he wrapped him up in plastic. What was the he point of that? that? Else. Like, oh what my god! That? The fuck did Uncle Mike do to anybody to deserve that? That whole thing was bullshit because, and like Emily said this, but she couldn't come tonight, so I'm gonna say it for her. Okay. Why the hell does he keep trying to yank the stuff off his shoulders instead of away from his face? Right, He's suffocating you, dummy. Right. I was like, why isn't he like trying to grab the film from around his mouth to rip like, it open rip in his front of it? Face yeah. part open, not the. Sh- I've seen shoulders. them do that on Criminal Minds. It happens. He's <laughs> trying to make him comfortable, not save his life. Right. <laughs> Oh, let's fix this. You don't look as good as you could as a mummy. I want you to look good for your funeral, man. (laughs) I I don't know. I feel like everyone was very blase about like, I mean, it's 2006. People had cell phones. Did they not just have cell phones? Because I feel like if I was Emily Deschanel and I had this friend that I hadn't seen in 15 years and um, we went where he was like, oh, I did something or something bad happened. I don't know exactly what I've done. And you go and you see that someone has disappeared and there's blood on the side of the bathtub. I feel like I'd be, I mean, even if I was the boyfriend, I feel like I would be calling the police before I left that room just to be like. Yeah, somebody has disappeared and left blood behind. Yeah, <laughs> let's look into happened. this instead of everyone just being like, yeah, we're just going to go home now. We're going to close <laughs> the door and pretend <laughs> it didn't happen and walk away. What is happening? <laughs> like, I don't know. She definitely thought he killed her. Like, she oh, definitely absolutely. thought it. And even when she gets in the house and she's safe and she could call the cops, she calls his uncle. And right. I was like... You think he's a murderer. Why is this what you're doing? Right. (laughs) Yes. And the uncle, when getting a call from her and saying that I'm very worried about him, he seems very unwell and thinking, oh, you know what? He's all alone in this house. Again, where his mother just died, that even if he wasn't terrified of the boogeyman would be a huge emotional trigger for anybody. He's in this house with plastic wrap and construction shit everywhere that is not safe and definitely not a good place for someone who might be unwell and could hurt themselves or instead of him also calling for any kind of help he just shows up there grumbling like tim what are you doing and like (laughs) that's my uncle mike voice tim what are you doing it was good (laughs) thank you i never get compliments on my impression she actually got three callbacks for that role but it it ended up going to the other guy (laughs) i was so close guys so close I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like no one had any feelings about the mom dying at all. At all. And no one seemed to think he should have any feelings about the fact that his mom died. What is that? Yeah, like the funeral ended 30 seconds ago and everybody's like, you're going to have to get over it, man. Like, you just have to move on. It's like... Right. (laughs) Well, and his girlfriend, when she comes down, oh, don't even get me started on the girlfriend. She comes down, and he's like, she's like trying to like talk all sexy to him or whatever, and she's like, oh, I don't even know what to do. I'm just so tired. Like, can we just forget all the dark stuff for a little while and just have fun? And I'm like. 
bitch, his mom just if, died. If I can't like, fuck your problems away, I'm out of ideas. Like, <laughs> well, and not only that, but like before he left, so he gets the phone call from his uncle Mike that his mom died, and she keeps trying to like take the phone out of his hand. Yes, her, at her yes. parents' house. And I'm like, bitch, let him talk on the phone. Right. Like, what are you doing? I just, like, you said you were going to stay here with me all weekend. What are you doing? Like, and obviously, like, it's an important call. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he looks all teary-eyed and he's like, I got to go. But you can't go. You said you were going to be here all weekend. Right. And then later she shows up after the funeral right. and is like, oh, I called your uncle. How does she even know his uncle? Right? How did she have her his uncle's number? And she's like, I called your uncle and found out what happened. Which so then I'm like, so after that so phone you were call, just calling him, right? Yeah. And after that phone call, did did Tim just walk out of the room and go away? And like, that's all you didn't find out about his mom until now. That seems odd. <laughs> Okay, so if you knew that there was a funeral, did you just conveniently wait until after the funeral had happened to show up? Well, yeah. And then be like, hey, let's just go stay at a motel somewhere. You can't have sex at a funeral. Like, that's not allowed. Just the night after after. the funeral. You get get all horned up at the funeral, and then you save it for later. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I hated that girl so much. Oh my god! I and know. like, I'm wondering if it if they did that to make you not care that like I thought that he was gonna have to go to like Boogie Land or whatever and rescue her. Oh my god! It's I really wish they had a Boogie Land. <laughs> I would have loved bell that so much. <laughs> but yeah, like I thought he was gonna have to get her and bring her back, or right. end up falling for Emily Deschanel and like having a relationship with her or something, but they were just like, nah. It said neither. Right. She's like a distant friend, I guess. Right. Still just alone. Right. Like, I don't know. Cause there's no real ending to it. Yeah. It just suddenly ends of like the Boogeyman's gone. So obviously we're done. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Your girlfriend's dead. Your uncle's dead. Your mom's still dead. Your dad's been dead. Right. Everyone's yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like the whole time, like she's obviously super horrible and mean to him. Like she even said, I drove two and a half hours to be here for you. Right. Like trying to guilt him into like taking his pants off for her. Right. And then when she disappears and he ends up back at the house, he's like, Where's Jessica? I have to go back for her. And it's like, Why? <laughs> he is the worst human being ever. Ever. So Why you would weren't, you want to save her? Yeah. You weren't having the same train of thought I was having of why didn't you call the police if you're so concerned? You were like, do be less concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the worst. So just yeah. move on. Yeah, she, <laughs> she seems her, nice her and dad. she's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> just tell everybody she just left right. like your dad did. Exactly. And never talk just about her. Just ran again. off. <laughs> Leaving her lacy brassiere on that hotel lamp. <laughs> She's just a tramp. That's just what she does. <laughs> just a, she lives uh, two and a half hours away. Good yeah. luck finding her. <laughs> just leaves oh a path God. of bras and underwear in her wake. It's literally yes. what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, 
my goodness. The police show up and they're just like, oh, there's some vodka Red Bull sitting here in a bra and the lampshade. What really happened in this motel room? <laughs> Which, like, also, I don't know, that seems strange to me, too, of like, oh, let's draw this bath and have vodka Red Bulls. Oh, Red Bull paid some money. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, yeah. He was like, why even say it? Like, like let's make some vodka The Red drink Bulls. of, like, college students on MTV Spring Break or something. Like. Stay up all night and and dance. <laughs> I, I was oh like, God. what? <laughs> Who just drinks that casually for fun? Like, <laughs> 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 going back to the little girl Franny, by the way, which just was outrageous to me. I thought when we played the clip from one of their conversations in the last episode that it was a little boy. Because you said she, and I was like, I think that's a boy. Nope. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did say it was a boy. Yeah. I was right then. <laughs> but I, uh, no, I was outraged by the name Franny because I was like, if she was a ghost from like the 1930s, I would be totally with this with you. But Franny, for a little girl in 1985 even, no. Like, that is a very unusual old-fashioned name but like they go to the house and again it's yet another thing that seems so pointless because you think that they're going to learn all these answers i mean other than he like tried to close off all the doors to the boogeyman which apparently didn't matter anyway because then the boogeyman ripped all those open but then still came through the door he wanted him to come through yeah magically yeah (laughs) And, like, there's all this writing on the wall. So I thought he was going to learn more about this boogie. And I was like, oh, okay, finally, we're going to get some answers. It's, like, written. And when that didn't happen, I guess that's why I was so mad when the movie ended right there. I was like, maybe they go back to the house and they find, like, they find out what it was about. And, like, they tell the ghost of little Franny and she gets to go off into the great beyond. No, it just fucking ends with him looking out the damn window he fucks off and gets no closure at all absolutely none which is fine because she provided no help (laughs) yeah (laughs) all she did was make me feel awkward every scene she was in why is he she made us worried that's it although to be fair actually now thinking about it remembering that she's a kid that went missing in 1985 it does make a little more sense that she was so willing to talk to strangers and stuff because that was kind of the beginning of the whole stranger danger hype and everything. So she just hadn't gotten the stranger danger um, assembly at school yet. They hadn't gotten there. (laughs) She hadn't hadn't experienced dare yet. Right, exactly. (laughs) She didn't know that wonderful world. (laughs) Okay, so I... I just came up with a whole new question that just fucked Uh-oh. my whole mind up. Yes. <laughs> okay, so if he can see the ghosts of these dead kids and of Franny, why did he never see the ghost of his dad or of the girlfriend or anybody else that the boogeyman took? It, like, I had that same thought when we found out Franny was a ghost. I was like, oh, okay, so she's a ghost. So why haven't we seen any of these other people? Like, where's his dad been for yeah. 15 years, are man? We, are we to believe that the boogeyman killed his mom, too? Or did she just die? I don't know. They leave that so. I guess she would have just disappeared open. if the boogeyman had done it. So yeah, if there was somebody to bury. I think she just died. But yeah, like yeah, they had a body, <laughs> <laughs> and that was weird too. Like her just kind of like 
materializing at the parents' house or whatever, like when she was all creepy and zombie looking, oh, like yeah. why why did that happen? Like Right. Yeah, he did that see his weird death. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. That was creepy and weird. And then there were so many times where he was seeing things, especially at the house. There were all these times where he was seeing things. And I was like, is he actually seeing them? Or is it like he's remembering them? So he's seeing it in his mind. And this is the director's way of showing this. Or is the boogeyman somehow materializing? I don't know. I don't know. Did he see these things? Were they really there? Because he looks like scared by someone. It's like, oh, how did this get here? And it's like, was that not your memory, man? And like some of the objects, I guess, like gave the boogeyman his powers. Like his little Mr. Wizard ball is why he had like lightning powers. Right. And he had like a little crow figurine. And that's why he was like a crow tornado. But. And the weird zombie action figure that he yeah. had by his yeah. bed, that, like, because who that's has what every that? little boy has by their bed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that he never put together, like, oh, that's what I've been seeing the whole time. Right. This toy I used to have. Right. Which is why I was like, okay, so if these items are what connected the boogeyman to here, or to him, or to whatever, and he smashed them, but then, yeah, like, the boogeyman, like, he didn't invent the idea of the boogeyman. Like, that's a term that's been around. So, like, you have to, you can't just claim this kid invented it for the whole world and not explain that. Like, um, and if your claim is not that he invented it for the whole world, then explain that. <laughs> like, explain something. Something I just realized. That, so, you know how one of the, quote, like, totems or whatever they were that right. the boogeyman was the robe? Was the boogeyman wearing that robe the whole time? It was like that ratty, like, old robe that was sitting on the chair. Yeah, Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Did the kid, (laughs) like... So was he, like, a creepy, like, old zombie man wearing a robe with, like, (laughs) crows and lightning swirling around him? Like, what was this guy? (laughs) (laughs) But he had, like, his... the, The CGI was horrible. And oh his, God, like, yes. smile, I don't know, reminded me of Voldemort. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just like, what? How dare you say that name out loud? I'm sorry. It was like a blue version of he who must not be named. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was. And again, so why were the children blue, but Franny wasn't blue? Right. Right. I don't know. Were they cold? Did they get sucked into some cold realm and it turned their well, skin blue? To the boogie land. And like, are, are they wanting us to think that the boogeyman, uh, man, men, whoever, are responsible for like every kid that disappears? Right. That's had, like, what I was thinking too. of those posters in her backpack. Right. So um, every kid is a boogeyman kid? Right. Like, where they should have gone with the the if with the sequel and the third movie that I was very annoyed when I went to read those the like synopsis for each of those and saw that they did not go was that they would explain all of those things and maybe it would be like this boogie land with all sorts of boogie men who went in and out of all these different closets and toilets and tubs and such and and we would know all the things and answers and I would be happy and if if that's what the sequel would have done last night, I would have watched it because it really bothered they me. They could have called it Boogeyman 2 Boogie Land. 
(laughs) And it probably would have ended up being my favorite movie just because of the title. Like, (laughs) I just want there to be a movie about uh, this. We're going to write it, babe. A movie about this world full of boogeymen called Boogie Land. Boogeymen and women. We don't want to. I do have to give full credit to Harper for coming up with Boogie Land because that's where she said that boogeymen came from. (laughs) The, oh, did she come? Yeah. Oh, I was about to give you credit, no, babe. I, I thought you even take it. Wow. I mean, all any, that was, anything she funny she jeans. does, I take credit for anyway. So in a way, I do get credit. <laughs> he, he gets half credit. No. <laughs> oh my god! All me. <laughs> did anyone else notice that a plot? Thing that they kept trying to use to reinforce that, that this was supposed to be a scary movie was the blowing of the leaves. Yeah. Did anybody else notice that? There was, yeah, like there's a lot of scary oh, yeah. like super windy and there's leaves yeah. rustling all over the place. And I was like, we get it. It's a creepy cold place. <laughs> like, <laughs> they would do that and they would do these like jump flash cuts to just yeah. household objects. Yes. Like, here's, that here's was so annoying. <laughs> like, whoa. But like plastic swaying in yeah. the wind. I mean, like, yeah. I know, like when we first go in the house, I was like, is this MTV Cribs? Like, what the hell is happening here? We're like zooming into the living room and then we're zooming up the stairs. And yeah, then- they do that yes. weird tracking shot that's all yes. like, watch it, but then they're like spinning the camera around really fast. It made me want to throw up. A I'm telling bit. you, they were yeah. really out to like make me as nauseous as I could with like the kid on the swing going constantly oh, and then like the that shot was with awful spinning so- like it was just so much i was the, just the writing and the <laughs> acting everything made yes me <laughs> i don't know i feel like somebody watched here's my theory someone watched the sixth sense but mm. baked out of their mind and they were like what if i remade this movie but it's an adult man imagining a dead girl and he doesn't know that she's dead <laughs> and then they just threw in other shit for color. <laughs> I think I agree with what you said, but I think they also watched Monsters, Inc. while stoned and were like, yes. and the scary people come from the closets. We did a real dark version of this. <laughs> yes. Maybe they sat on the remote at some point and switched movies. Oh, between. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and maybe that's why the boogeyman was blue. Because Sully from Monsters, Inc. is blue. I'm just saying. Maybe. Now you've gone too we far. We solved it. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about how Bones just kind of randomly rode it on a horse to, <laughs> yeah. like, come back into his life and then well, falls the off first... the horse and then no one cares what happens to the horse? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just the runs first, off. Like, a uh, cinematic, like, meat cute I've ever seen that started with, like, a full-on concussion. Like she slammed her head into the ground. Oh my god! But then seemed pretty fine. Yeah, like she, she sits like, up and she's like, "Oh, my head hurts." Hi, how are you? I haven't seen you until. Can I get some ice? And I was like, "Girl, I'm not buying it." Like, Would you like to develop a platonic okay. friendship? Oh my god. <laughs> Does she not know that she's like an eleven out of ten? You don't need to fall off a horse, honey. Just show up right? at the door like everyone right? else. Yeah, she was thirsty, man. She was bringing him food and all sorts of stuff. Well, and okay, I also had issue with how she brought him food and then just walks into his house and is 
because they make it sound like he had not seen her in 15 years. I mean, the way she's even like, oh, I didn't think you'd even remember me or whatever. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I have friends who like I'm Facebook friends with now that we were like best friends when we were eight or nine. But I wouldn't just go walking into their house and walk all around just being like helping myself to things being like, hey, I got you your stuff. Where are you? Where the hell are you? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> like, dig through your closets a little bit. Right. <laughs> just going to go rummaging through your things. <laughs> like, I do think that the writers at one point summed up pretty much the whole movie. It was the first time he like went through the closet dimension or whatever and and like scared bones and they're driving back to the hotel and she's like where were you and he's like i don't know where i was i don't know what's happening i just don't know <laughs> and i was like yes i that's literally exactly what's going on i literally wrote it down like it said i said so he can jump through space and time in the closet and then i put in quotes i don't understand i was like well dude that makes it two of us like i don't understand anything so far like i was like finally we can agree my favorite line is when he's like i need you to see what i see like it was trying to be this like super deep thing like follow me i need you to see what i see and i'm like but what are you seeing are you crazy like what's happening None of us are really sure what you're seeing. So can you fill us in, please? <laughs> like, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I feel like they definitely wanted this to be a lot deeper than it was. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know what happened. I'm like, man, Supernatural started like the same year or a year after this came out. And I don't know if y'all ever but like. I remember when Supernatural came out, I watched the very first episode. I was living by myself in L.A. And like it was, you know, nighttime. I had the lights off and everything. And I watched that episode and I was a little scaredy cat, but I freaked the fuck out. I had to go like turn on the lights. I was like checking my locks, texting my neighbor. I'm like, Jose, will you just make sure no one's at my door? Like, go look. Like, I was like really freaked out. Again, I was a big baby back then and got scared very easily. But, but you know, like, there was much more story and substance. Although you can, you can definitely see some, like, supernatural-esque things in, like, Tim. Like, mostly, like, kind of how he looks and, like, the car and everything is a very kind of mix of Sam and Dean and... I don't know. Have either of you ever watched Supernatural? Because oh, I feel I've like everyone's. I've seen like almost probably like 200 episodes of it. So I've seen. It. Oh, okay, good. Because I was like, am I just sitting here talking? And like, everyone's like, we have no idea what you're talking no, about. No, but like, now that you just reminded me about the first episode, I have a new problem, which is why does Eric Kripke hate women named Jessica? <laughs> like, he said. <laughs> the jessica in supernatural on fire on the ceiling ceiling. (laughs) and i liked her a lot more in the five seconds we got with her than this lady i am going to have to look into this and research this i bet there's some kind of like ex-girlfriend or ex-wife or something in his past named jessica that he just or his mom (laughs) right Or his he mom. Hates someone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There is some Jessica who he does not like. <laughs> like 
going to kill her over and over again till the pain goes away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, I hadn't even thought about that. That's so funny. I have some I have some serious questions for Eric Kripke. <laughs> like, yeah, if I ever too. meet him. Get him on the phone. Yeah, I'm going to be like most people want to sit down and talk about supernatural with you. I want to talk about Boogeyman. Come talk to me about this movie now. (laughs) I have a list of questions. There's like like a folded sheet that's like super long. (laughs) And he looks back at you all haunted like Tim and is like, I knew this day would come. (laughs) My secret shame. (laughs) They found out. No. He just turns and looks out a window. (laughs) It's okay now. <laughs> it's over now, darling. <laughs> Let the sun in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or he just finds a closet and walks into it and disappears into the movie realm. <laughs> That's the real twist, is that Eric Kripke is the damn boogeyman. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> It was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. Exactly. It definitely, like, I mean, I will say, like, looking when I saw the cast and I saw Eric Kripke was attached to it and all this stuff, I was like, you know, it probably, I wonder if it has low ratings because it's kind of like pre-Bones and right before Supernatural and like, no one really paid attention to this guy after Seventh Heaven, I don't think. And like, so I was like, maybe it's one of those one-offs where it has a low rating, but it's actually pretty good. But yeah, no, no. I mean, I will say there were a couple of shots that I was like, okay, that's kind of a cool, interesting shot there. Mm-hmm. And they had decent, you know, equipment, I guess, because <laughs> the sound was, was nice. And yeah, it was in focus. So that's good. <laughs> Those are positive yeah, things. I was surprised because there were definitely like a couple shots like with the key going in the lock. Yeah, that was that a was cool really one. cool. And yeah. like where the closet opens, but you can see all the paint chipping away. So you know the closet door hasn't been opened before. Yeah. Right. And like the hotel room. And I was like, so where do these fit? Right. And everything yeah, even, else. Because yeah. these are really cool shots. Did they right. just blow their budget on these shots? And then they were like, <laughs> even the we're going to phone the, it in the on the actual kids. boogeyman. Yeah, with all the dead kids. That, yeah, was a- that one was good, too. But yeah, they're all just like, yeah. what's the point? There's right. No point. Like, there were some good shots mixed in with a whole bunch of just blah. So it doesn't make up for it. But yeah, I did. I liked the one with the key going into the key thing yeah. right away. I was like, oh, okay, all right, you got me there. Maybe it's going to get better. It didn't. It didn't no. get better from there. No. No, and I thought the little blue kids were going to be like a cool turning point. Yeah, too, me and too. It didn't happen yeah. either. Yeah, like they don't like, even come back into it. No. He's just like, forget those kids. <laughs> I know. Like, I thought, oh, maybe they're going to be part of the getting rid of the boogeyman. Like, they're. They're going to pull him into wherever they are, which brings me to a uh, huge thing. Where are all the bodies? Right. Yeah, I don't know where anybody goes. They get boogie land. somewhere and then disappear. <laughs> the boogie land. Yeah, they're in boogie land. There's just like, it's a big giant body dump in boogie land. <laughs> 
Ew. <laughs> it's like in what movie was that? Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Nowhere. Sakar. You're thinking the car where like the things like all the stuff dumps out. It's just like a just a mass of bodies of dead kids and yes. a couple random oh. adults. Yeah, there's a smell. <laughs> there would be a smell, yes. I will say my absolute favorite scene was the part where he was playing with the recorder in the closet. I felt like that really <laughs> added to his character and made me appreciate him as a character that much more. Play hot cross buns now. <laughs> Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. <laughs> like, that's yes. fun because I'm pretty sure I wrote what the fuck with like 12 question marks when that was happening because like you're terrified of closets, but now we just have a jam session. In yeah. Right. So like, yeah, let's just play. stand here and do on it. Like, you know, that was my recorder impression, by the way. <laughs> and then he had that little like giggle afterwards and put it back on the shelf. I was yes. like, what? What is happening? I don't know what yeah. just happened, but that was delightful. It was cute, <laughs> but weird. Right. It's the most we got to see of of a character other than Haunted, <laughs> of him having any kind of trait other than Haunted. He's very musical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> His mother would have been proud. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, we don't know, though, because we don't know her. Right. She was only in there for five seconds. We just saw her yelling we at saw the dad. her yelling. <laughs> she yelled, uh, she scared him in the bedroom, and she died. That's it. Yes. That's all we know. Poor Lucy Lawless. <laughs> R.I.P. I'm sorry they did you wrong, Xena. <laughs> I know. You deserved so much better than it's that. not befitting a warrior princess. It was not. It was not. Do y'all have anything you want to say about the Pineapple Pizza podcast of, like, if there's any where fans or fans to be can look out for you or or catch updates or anything? Yeah, so we have, well, we're still in the process of setting them up, but they are there. So we do have an Instagram and a Twitter account. Nice. Um, hopefully we'll get them actually set up the rest of the way soon. But they are there if anyone wants to follow us to, to wait for updates. Um, I think both of them are at PineAppApp and then Pizza Pod. So there should be three peas squished together in the middle. <laughs> Excellent. And I can't wait until episodes are out and available for that for us all to listen. I think it sounds like a lot of fun. Now it's time for our segment, Best and Worst, where we search the internet for the best and worst reviews of this movie. Um, and each week we are... I guess every two weeks we switch off who reads the best and who reads the worst. And this week I've got the best because I'm the best. <laughs> this was a tough <laughs> week to find some good ones. It's always a little trouble. Like, you know, there's always right. more bad than good. But like, yeah, especially this week, I could not find a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> Boogeyman has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 13%, an audience score of 21%. And on IMDb, it has 4.2 stars out of 10. So our first review comes from Anton Bittle or Bytel. I'm not sure how you would say that. From Movie Gazette. Remember, cowering under the blankets as a child, 
terrified that there was something else in your bedroom coming to get you from the darkness? In our infancy, the shadowy spaces in the closet or beneath the bed become arenas of the irrational onto which our primal fears can be projected. And when we get older, seeing the very same fears projected onto an empty screen in the blackness of a cinema allows us to confront our innermost anxieties at a distance, as adults do. While reminding us that deep down we are all still quivering children left alone in the dark to our own nightmares. This guy, this guy. has got some pros to say about this movie. Stephen Kay's Boogeyman raises the bar winningly combining the creaking ambiguities and psychological chills with terrain more familiar from a haunted house movie. It keeps viewers guessing whether the murderous monster resides in the closet or just in the mind of its protagonist. Like The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, directed by the producer of Boogeyman, Sam Raimi, it transforms a creepy old country house into a place where seemingly anything can happen after sundown. Like the grudge, it finds ingenious ways of defying the conventional logic of chronology and topology and features ghostly children with a blue-tinged hue. Most importantly of all, though, Boogeyman never, ever forgets to be scary, so that even the double bluff of its ending will leave viewers on the edge of their seats waiting for their own personal Boogeyman to jump out of the darkness. Eight out of ten stars. Okay, so I guess he believes that you do create your own personal Boogeyman. Yeah. That, that's what the movie was saying. I feel like the movie never forgot to try to be scary. Right? How often it succeeded is a whole other story. I, I was thinking that reading that line, I was like, mm, is that what they never, ever forget? So that was the kind of academic critique. And yes. the next one is more of an everyman view. Oh, I'm excited. An every woman view, excuse you. It's from Miranda. That can be a guy's name. The every person view. Miranda from IMD on IMDb, not from IMDb. She doesn't work for them. Uh, she's you don't know. just a person. Okay. Anyway, this movie made me jump like a million times within the first five minutes. Holy crap. Okay. See, I have this fear of public restrooms. Yes. I'd rather pee myself than go in one. And so when I went into this movie, I had to pee badly. But believe me, when I walked out of there, I did not have to pee anymore. I already did in there. Okay, maybe not really, but close enough. This movie was so incredibly good. It wasn't scary as much as startling. You know, when things are all calm and quiet and relaxed, then all of a sudden it's like, boo! Yeah, well, it's like that. I'm afraid of the dark, but this, I could not sleep alone for a week. My ex, who I saw it with, invited me... Invited me down to his house at night. So I went because he said he wanted to play video games. Well, when I got there, I opened the door and he shut off the light, which scared me enough, quietly hid in the closet. Then when I went to walk by the closet, he jumped out at me. I almost killed him. Freaking jerk. I swear this movie was so good. If you haven't seen it, go see it now. Okay, well, peace out in the hamburger. 10 out of 10. In the hamburger. <laughs> in the hamburger. I'm going to take a stab and guess that Miranda was about 15 when she wrote that. <laughs> right? I also think that, you know, if I get back into acting, I should do that as a monologue, like an audition monologue somewhere, because that's fun. There's, <laughs> But do it, like, super dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> this is heavy, guys. I 
almost tell, tell them it's from peed. doubt. <laughs> okay. So our first bad review comes from Lou Luminick of the New York Post, and he says, The ads may evoke Freddy and Jason, but you've got to trudge through a mile of cinematic slush before the uninspired villain of the glacially-paced horror flick Boogeyman finally shows up to do battle with the hero in the special effects-packed final reel. The MPAA's rating explanation for this PG-13 rated snoozer misleadingly claims it contains intense sequences of terror-slash-violence. It would be more accurate to state that Boogeyman contains virtually every horror movie cliche of the past 30 years. The reincarnated missing child, blood in the bathtub, the bird crashing into the windshield, and the corpse that comes to life and clutches at the hero are all here, and employed to progressively numbing effect by director Stephen Kay, who was responsible for the reprehensible remake of Get Carter with Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) I did not know that, but I didn't know. Barry Watson, the doe-eyed heartthrob of the WB's Seventh Heaven, here equipped with 11 o'clock shadow throughout, is pretty hopeless as Tim, a fact-checker who's been a basket case since his father disappeared into a closet 15 years earlier. Before you know it, Tim's wrestling with coat hangers and bad things start happening to his girlfriend and his childhood sweetheart, not to mention his poor Uncle Mike, who gets shrink-wrapped by the boogeyman, who resembles a low-budget relative of the monster in Jeepers Creepers. None of this makes any sense whatsoever. At least the very odd variety of accents can be explained by the fact that Boogeyman was shot in New Zealand. Did not know that. <laughs> what well, trivia lady? Come on. <laughs> I went in a different direction. <laughs> Our next bad review comes to us from Stephanie Jackowitz of Cinema Blend. She says, even with director Stephen TK's attempts at slow zooms, quick cuts, and special effects galore, Boogeyman just isn't scary at all. Not even a little. <laughs> There are some plot elements in Boogeyman that are not explored. For example, Tim seems to have teleporting and time travel abilities that are left unexplained. Yes. In one scene, he tries to uncover the disappearance of Jessica when suddenly he finds himself back in his house with Kate. Instead of the script telling us how this fits into the film, the writer decides to neglect any reasoning whatsoever. <laughs> also missing is the audience's empathy for the main character. Mm-hmm. If Tim lost his father at the age of eight and his mother in his 20s, shouldn't we feel something for him? <laughs> we should (laughs) the script seems to get it lost in the goofy horror details so much that it loses any sense of closeness to the character if the audiences felt more connection towards tim it's possible that all of those cinematic extras would have been more effective don't peek under the bed and whatever you do do not go in the closet instead find two friends and laugh your way out of the local movie theater after you realize (laughs) you just wasted 950 on an underdeveloped slightly hilarious attempt at a horror film could you imagine nine fifty for a movie ticket? Like. Yeah, this was these are two thousand five <laughs> prices. Like, Although now damn. they're like, we'll pay you to come in. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So that will do it for best and worst this week, which means it is time for Sadie's rabbit hole. Woohoo! To start us off for ra- for rabbit hole, first of all, I looked up the Jessica killing Jessica obsession we talked about 
with Ashley and Lindsay. And it turns out that it's quite a simple answer um, and was not hard to find the answer. Um, Eric Kripke says that Jessica was a woman from his past who broke his heart. And so that's why he keeps killing her off. Glad we got to the bottom of that. Yeah. Like it would be pretty much exactly that whether you said it or not. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So most of our rabbit hole today (laughs) deals with the odd, I guess mythology is the correct word of this movie in that. In the very, like, in the opening, when you go to the title sequence, there's all those words that, like, flash across the screen in different languages and stuff, which are different. Those are people's names, baby. <laughs> this is the cast of the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, they were names of different, like, mythological names, and... When like because I went back and paused the screen to look and read those names. And then when you go to the scene when he goes to Franny's house and there's writing all over the walls and stuff, I paused throughout that scene a few times to see what was written on the walls. And most of the names were written at least some like at least once showed up at least once in one of the scenes or whatever. But they never talk about it, and they never mention it. Yeah. And it's like, an odd, like bit of detail for them to include, and then not really reference yes. or use. But the fun part is, I went and looked up those names, and I guess they were really hoping and betting on people not going and looking it up because they didn't seem to understand it well. Because first of all, a lot of them were misspelled. <laughs> Great start. Great start. Second of all, they did not all quite make sense as to why the dad would write these names on the wall and be convinced. So they are all like mythological, I guess you could say boogeyman type things. But like the boogeyman myth is very ill-defined basically every culture has their own kind of version of some scary thing that lives in the dark and right exactly children. exactly so first we have and i apologize if i have mispronounced any of these because they're from lots of different languages so first we have bannock this i thought was the strangest addition to the list and it is the most prominent in the title sequence you see bannock really big This is from Slavic uh, mythology. It is a bathhouse spirit. Um, Okay. So the third or fourth firing of the sauna, I guess like firing, like when they heat up the stones and add the water or whatever, every third or fourth firing, depending on, I guess, the region, is reserved for Bannock, who would pour if you like interrupted his bathing time he would pour boiling hot water on you or strangle you yeah he liked to bathe alone man what goofy ass myth right he could be consulted however because he oh he has the ability to predict the future and so you could consult him by putting your back against like a half open door of the bathhouse so like where the bathing area is if it's open a crack you just sneak your little back up to it and i guess ask him a question and if it's a good answer or the future looks good bannock will gently stroke your back <laughs> slide a finger down a crack of that ass <laughs> <laughs> and if things look bad he scratches you with his claws <laughs> what if that's what you want 
well then i don't know but yeah i found that a very odd one to tie into this movie <laughs> yeah. like i don't know if like they knew that's what it was and they were like no one's ever gonna look this shit up that's just funny to put that in there or if they just didn't research it well and they were like i heard of this mythological creature bannock <laughs> like he's in some kind of compartment like thing the steamy back scratcher <laughs> right then we have Lamia or Lamia, I'm not sure, which is from Greek mythology. She was a child eating monster who haunted the night. And her name, like most of these boogeyman type mythology creatures, uh, characters, was used to scare children into behaving. So right. they'd be like, oh, you better hurry up and go to bed or else Lamia's going to come eat you. Um, so, yeah, there's that one. Docinus. Which is actually, it's written, um, there's a scene and there's even a screenshot of it in, on IMDb of Barry Watson, Seventh Heaven Guy, whatever, standing re- like right in front of the doorway. And it says, his name is Docinus. So I don't know if they were thinking like, oh, th- this particular one needs to be this guy or this is the most like it, which I don't know. But it's actually from Roman theater. Okay. I guess it was a character used in Roman theater a lot. It was a hybrid animal-human thing. Animal. Um, I don't know. <laughs> All right. I, I looked up a lot of words. Okay, I mean, a lot of people, okay? I'm going to go with bear. It was not part bear. I saw a picture, and I don't know what animal they wanted it to be, but it has a very phallic nose. Although, if you're familiar <laughs> with Greek and Roman theater, that is not uncommon, they really liked to put phalluses yeah. in everything. All right. So he's some anyway, kind of dick-nosed manimal. Got right. it. Right. That was thought to chomp and eat its way through anything. So like if you lock it into a closet or something, it can eat its way out. I thought that was also a really weird one to emphasize and be like, this is who he is. Be like, okay, but then. Yeah, because closing the closet seemed to dick stop him from doing right he didn't chomp his way out of it so i don't know what that was (laughs) (laughs) his his nose was flaccid (laughs) (laughs) anyway moving on kadaicha was it comes from like a group of indigenous australians belief of it's like a kind of shaman who was thought to punish guilty people through death and even that possibly be like summit like you know you whisper in its ear and it goes and kills someone for you but like basically if you see him you're going to die like he's like a bringer of death i guess all right so like a grim reaper but for aboriginal people kind of except it's supposed to be like specifically for people who are guilty of something okay and so it was like your death is a punishment for something it's a karmic Grim Reaper. Part Grim Reaper, part Judge Dredd. Okay. <laughs> and then there's uh, Le Père Foutard. <laughs> That's my attempt at French. Um, the Père Which you would not know I took four years of in high school. So it's French for the Whipping Father. Ooh. Yeah, and this one has a very interesting history so it's he's essentially like the anti-Santa, much in the way of like the Krampus and Black Peter and... Um, Belschnickel. Yes. <laughs> um, things like that. And so he 
like if you're good, then Santa comes around and gives you presents. If you're bad, then la père fautard will come and stop saying pear farting. And depending on what you believe with the myth, either beating you with a like a whip possibly eating you because its origin story has him being a cannibal you're getting beaten or eaten (laughs) exactly so the the story however of how he came to be this 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 being or whatever is interesting is that so his origin is that he was once a butcher who kidnapped all these kids in this town and then he killed them and chopped them up and put them in a salted tub to prepare them for eating. But St. Nicholas was arrived, because I guess it was Christmas Eve or whatever. St. Nicholas stood in the door and saw what was happening, and he took the little pieces of the children and made them whole again and sent them back to their families like they little zombie children. He (laughs) resurrected them or whatever and sends them back to their children. And then that's apparently, I guess, from the anger and rage he turned into... The whipping father. Then Santa Claus kicked him into a vat of acid. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) And so he was transformed into this whipping father who, yeah, goes around and whips naughty children. Um, Okay. So then... So then some of the things that were written on the wall, which like some of the other things written on the wall, um, in case you were wondering, were... Face him. This blood, his blood, his blood, his blood, his blood. And I tried to look up if that's from anything and just got a lot of stuff of, you know, like... Goth kid poetry. No, I was going to say, like, stuff with, you know, Jesus and and stuff because it's supposed to be his blood that you're drinking. Yes, flesh of my flesh and all that. Right. And so I don't know if that's what they were trying to reference or if they just thought it was creepy. Is that Jesus coming out of the closet? (laughs) When I was like, I was like, "Mm, are they trying to say Jesus is the boogeyman? That seems like it would offend some people. (laughs) He will come for them. His name is Docinus. Then there was Zwart, which was not in the title sequence. So I looked up what Zwart was. Black. How the hell did you know that? Shut your mouth up. Black Peter is Zwarte Pete. I did not know that. Yeah, I know that from The Office. That's <laughs> the only reason I know that. Oh, well. Well, Belschnickel would be like the Santa, and then Black Peter is like the the bad one who... He's the evil elf. Right. <laughs> Buddy the elf. But yes, it's it's the Dutch word meaning black. <laughs> I, know. I think so it's German too. I, I don't oh, um I don't know. It just when I looked it up it said it was Dutch. Um and that it's a common Dutch surname. <laughs> don't know why that would because that wasn't written grouped with anything else. It was just randomly across the like on walls. It was Zwart! 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 That was also a little bit racist. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, Black Peter, that's kind <laughs> that's of a bad. racist character, let's be honest. So I don't know if people still use that or if they, like, took away the racist parts of that figure. I'm not he's sure how he Peter works now. for modern times, but he's a pretty racist character. Yeah, so basically, the boogeyman, as I said, is pretty poorly defined. 
the origin traces back to at least the 1500s of when it starts to be mentioned, like some people attribute it to being started in Scotland. Um, and it comes from the English word. It's derived from the Middle English word. I don't know how you would say boge, bogue, something like that, which is why English people like it's often referred to also as the bogeyman. Yeah. Um, that's how it was like originally it was like the bogeyman, but that bogue or whatever means hobgoblin or Ooh. scary man. Peter Parker's enemy. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, so yeah, it's basically was just people being like, oh, go get in bed or some scary guy's going to come get you and come out from under the bed or your closet and eat you because pretty much like a very common theme from all the boogeyman creatures is that they eat naughty children <laughs> that, yeah, that, there's a you know generations long history of parents like yeah something bad's gonna happen to you if you don't stop fucking around right i mean that's why a lot of nursery rhymes are actually quite scary and horrific if you listen to the lyrics because it's always like you better behave or someone's going to come kill you bite your thumbs off or right, exactly so it's yeah it's seen all over in different places i did find it funny because one of the the names that came up when they were saying that yeah like it can also be called like old hag or boogeyman or bogeyman or black witch yeah apparently that's considered like a boogeyman type creature um and el cuco which is a name if you're a dork like me that i just love stephen king in stephen king's the outsider they call the villain in that they refer to him as el cuco because they talk about a creature that's goes back in history for like a very long time and that all these different you know cultures have different stories about him anyway you look very bored with that i need to finish that show I watched like the first episode. Yeah, I finished it without you. Thanks. Well, I read the book and you didn't seem as invested as I was, but I was like, no, I have to see where it goes. I know how it ends, but I want to see it happen. (laughs) Anyway, I have my own boogeyman story. Do tell. It's pretty short, but so I was in kindergarten and we were all playing like out on the playground and my friend and I went inside to get some water or like a snack or something. We were coming back outside and this guy just like he may not have actually jumped out from behind the bushes, but that's how I remember it. And he might have just, you know, been walking by or something. I just remember him being tall and having like a trench coat or whatever. And I looked up at him and I was like, who are you? And he goes, I'm the boogeyman. And I ran the fuck away. And I swear I didn't sleep for like a week. I was terrified. I don't know if I even ever told anyone about it because I was just so scared. I was like, oh, my God, I actually met the boogeyman. He's going to come kill me now. And I just really thought I was going to die for quite some time. That's insane. Yeah. Who says that to a child? Right. But really, it was it's looking back, I'm like, that was really fucked up, dude. Whoever you are. Yeah. Like, don't if maybe don't do that. Eat a dick. But also don't like lurk in the bushes at a children's school. Like, I'm really wondering what you were doing there. I mean, he might have just been a parent coming to get a kid or something and thought it was funny, but I don't know. Looking back, it seems very creepy. It seems quite sketch. And at the time, I thought I was going to (laughs) die. So. You were. Oh, my God. So that was my boogeyman story. And that's my rabbit hole for today. Excellent. Thanks. I try. 
So now that we have clawed our way out of the rabbit hole. <laughs> hey! That implies the rabbit hole is not somewhere you want to be. I think it's a great place to be. Bitch. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Launch across this table. <laughs> anyway... It is time to give this movie a rating and an alternate title and get out of here. <laughs> and call it a day. But first, in order to give it a rating, we are going to have to give it a unit to rate it with. So what do you propose we use? Um, I have vacant stairs. Nice, nice. That oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> You were like, and then? Because that one's not that great. <laughs> it sounded like you were starting a list. Nope. Oh I was. I was starting a one-item list, and I finished it. Okay. Well, uh, I suggested Haunted Looks, which is similar to Vacant Stairs, but I actually like Vacant Stairs better. Unnecessary characters and bird tornadoes, because I know if there's one thing I want less of, it's bird that tornadoes. That was that was uh, upsetting, <laughs> right? So, what are we going with? Um, I mean, I think bird tornadoes. Now that I've heard it out loud, sweet. Okay, good, because I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> Cronados. Oh my god, yes, Cronados. Perfection, perfect and schlag. <laughs> well. I gave it three and a half Cronados. So you're not even going to ask who's going to go first. You're just no, going to start. Care. Okay. I'm, I'm powering. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go. Go. So I gave it three and a half Cronados out of five. It's just, it's not interesting. Like stuff just kind of happens. I don't really care about any of the people. Like there's a couple decent images in it, but yeah. And I feel like you could make like a drinking game out of like, drink every time they cut to a random object for no reason <laughs> or anytime he just like gets out of breath and looks at a closet right every time they show a closet <laughs> like so i i can't fully recommend anybody watch it but if you do that i guess you could probably make it fun very true i gave it four cronados for basically the same reasons that like the cinematography was decent. They had some. Sometimes. They had some decent shots. Yeah, sometimes. Some of it was very 90s. They had some weird, like, angles and stuff. Well, that felt to very, be fair. Last summer. To be fair, this was only like 2005. So we weren't quite out of the 90s yet. <laughs> we were squarely out of the 90s <laughs> at that point. That's how you know what work. I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is like. No, they were close things enough to be transfer yeah. over. Yeah, they spill over. Things don't just shut off at the end of a decade and be like, okay, we're done with all that shit. Now we're moving on to new stuff. Yeah. I thought the concept kind of had potential, but it was incredibly poorly executed. I found it mostly boring and um, slow and painful to watch. Yeah. And <laughs> the concept, you could tell that it had potential. Like when I was reading all the reviews, the the few good ones that we could find were people that were like, okay, this reminds me of being a kid and being afraid. Right. So like build on that. But they, I just, yeah, they botched the execution pretty bad. Right. Like they just, they did 
too much without actually doing anything because yes, there was a good way like, to put it. Right. That's how I feel is that there was so much going on, but they didn't answer any of the questions. So it also felt like there was nothing yeah. going on. There's too much happening for nothing to be happening. Exactly. Exactly. And so that was that's my biggest takeaway from that movie. I did tag Eric Kripke on uh, Twitter and said, we have some questions for you. I promise Defend yourself. No, I said, I promise we'll be nice. We, you know, we don't we're not mad at you. We just really want to understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> OK, so do you have an alternate title? Uh, trapped in the closet too. <laughs> Boogeyman Boogaloo. I like that. That's what the sequel should have been. <laughs> or Boogeyman Travels in Boogie Land for the sequel. Um, I don't, as usual, have a great title. I'm not good at titles, but I'm... Yours are always great for reasons that you don't intend them to be. <laughs> yes. Um, but better for like a tagline of just something happens, but I don't understand it. <laughs> like... Like, I know something happens in this movie. 90 minutes have passed. But but I I can't really tell you what went on. So, yeah. So, like this movie, we have meandered our way to an unsatisfying (laughs) ending. (laughs) (laughs) Be sure to join us next time. Uh, We will be putting up our poster for you to do wrong answers only for so stay tuned to our social media accounts for that and go to our t public store and get a shirt or like a weird wall hanging if you haven't do it do it we've got new designs coming soon see senorita (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess that about does it oh thank you a big thank you to ashley and Lindsay from pineapple pizza podcast that was super fun to have you guys on and we had a blast yes okay that was a good addition (laughs) (laughs) i am i'm sorry no you're not (laughs)